Welcome to the Makers Forum podcast, where we'll be discussing topics covering entrepreneurship, creativity, and business, as well as guest interviews with other leaders in the field. I'm your host, Kelly Worthen, a multi-passionate entrepreneur and founder of District 86 Co., a marketing business that specializes in interior photography and website design. Grab a notepad, make sure you're comfortable, and let's do this. the Makers Forum podcast. Today I have Lauren Sherwood on the show today. She is a female traveler who lives here locally in Prescott. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me on today, Kelly. I'm excited to talk to you. Yeah, we're gonna have fun. So let's dive right in. What exactly is your title? Like, what would you call yourself? Uh, my nickname is Lolo. Um, so everyone calls me that for the most part. Um, I call myself everybody's hometown Lolo too, just because Prescott's little motto is everybody's hometown. And I just feel like I kind of encompass, um, a little bit of what this town's about, you know? And so sometimes I call myself that, but Lolo is pretty, pretty good and pretty common to hear me call it that. Um, yeah, but, um, I also kind of call myself like, an adventurer extraordinaire. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so explain that to our listeners what it is that you do, like whether it is for income or hobbies or how would people categorize you? Mm, well, my day job, I'm a server at a local brewery. Um, and I, I really like working that particular job at the moment because um, of the schedule that's so flexible. Um, it's important for me to be able to take the time off that I need to be able to go do the things that I want. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty important to me. Um, it's definitely like no dream job and I don't want to do it for forever, but for the moment it seems to work okay. Um, but a lot of my hobbies are, they have to do with like being outside, um, or traveling somewhere. So I'm often found hiking and I really want to get into climbing a little bit more, um, and then I do a lot of uh, traveling, I guess, when I can. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just like to, there's so much of the world to see, and so little time, so you just got to, like, take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of your posts, and I just get so jealous. I'm like, what the heck? How does she work and have time to travel? <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's just a balancing act, and if that's what you want to do, you make time for the things you want. For sure, for sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. So how have you navigated the societal pressures of, like, needing a steady income or a 401k with being an adventurer? Like, do you kind of go against the grain mindset? Completely, yeah. And um, it's definitely not easy, nor is it super, um, like, people don't really suggest that for you to do with your life, you know? Right. Uh, but... I don't know. I don't really have it together in certain aspects, like like some people might at our age. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I have a lot of experiences that almost like level the playing field, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't have any sort of. I mean, my income is you know relatively stable, but it's not like I'm gonna. I mean, I'm a server, so I I never know what kind of money I'm gonna make. Um. I don't have a 401k. <laughs> I don't even have credit. <laughs> yeah. 
right now, but, fine. But, but I also have no debt, you know, so. There you go. One or, one or, one or the other. Um, yeah. So I think that um, I still live at home, too, which is kind of a weird thing to confess. <laughs> but but um, I really think that that has helped me be able to do the things that I like to do. Um, and when I say that, a lot of people, they immediately jump to the, they think that my parents pay for, like, my travels, mm. you know what I mean? Right. And, and I'm like, no, like, they literally don't at all. I'm just able to save a little bit more because I do live at home. But all my adventures and everything, you know, I pay for, I'm pretty independent. I just don't provide a roof over my head yet. Yeah. <laughs> have you traveled because I know I've seen you do a lot of local stuff like you go up to Sedona and do a lot of rivers and that type of thing but where have you traveled like all in all mm, I've basically traveled just on this side of the country um I've been to Mexico I spent a lot of time there I've been to the Bahamas the Cayman Islands I've been all over our beautiful state of Arizona been all over the southwest and I've been a few other places in the U.S. um yeah, I'd love to get overseas um, someday and explore a little bit more. I just, I'm so attracted to, like, Latin cultures, so I'd really love to explore, like, Central and South America. Yeah, that would be cool. I know, I've always wanted to go to Ireland. Right. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that's where my people roam, and I, I'm just, I'm a weenie. Like, you hear all the stories of, like, oh, well, you don't know what you're eating out there, and you don't know, like, you know, it's like, you d you won't know, and you won't know the experience you'll have until you go do it, like, you just have to do it. Right, and I think there is a lot of fear associated with certain places, like, my favorite place is Mexico, and that, that gets a lot of negative um, attention in the media, and sure, those situations and things like that exist, but I really feel like I had such positive experiences there that um, 
I really feel like you have to be at the wrong place at the wrong time where you really have to be seeking something like that out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I guess, the mo- like you said, the more you do it, the more you feel confident, like being by yourself and knowing how to prepare for the next time and that type of thing. Right. And I really think that knowing some of the language of the place you're going to travel to really helps set you up for success, too. Um, I traveled to Mexico for six months by myself and I took two years of Spanish in high school and then the same two years in college. And I reached a point where I was like, well, I've taken so much Spanish, but I can't really speak it. Like, I want to actually learn it, you know? Right. And so that's what, like, inspired me to go to Mexico, basically. One of the reasons. (laughs) So would you say, do you have a favorite and a least favorite place and why? In Mexico? Yeah, Um, just in general. Well... I started the trip with my mom, actually, and it was, um, we went to a women's surf camp together for 10 days. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it was so amazing. Um, and that was kind of also what prompted me wanting to travel. Um, and I didn't have anything planned past those 10 days. I just knew I wanted to be there and travel. Um, and Mexico lets you travel there for 180 days without um, a visa. So that's six months of just being there in their country. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty legit. Um, other countries aren't, aren't as generous, you know. Right. Have like a, a month or 30 days or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I had a friend text me and they were like, Lauren, you're in Mexico? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, so am I. I was like, what? And they were like, we're in Guadalajara with our family. You should come over here. So I like looked it up and I was only four hours away. So I hopped on a bus and went over there. Um, and I was only going to stay with his family for like three days just to like get my travel legs, you know, like figure out how to travel. Um, I ended up living with his family for a whole month. So Guadalajara quickly became one of my favorite places. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's the second biggest city in Mexico. So it's, it's massive. Um, but I just spent a lot of time there, you know, a month out of my six months. Um, so I just kind of became kind of attached to it. And I feel like I kind of have like a second family there now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And it kind of like set me up for success for the rest of my trip because I was able to like live with the family. I was able to like fully see how they are down there, you know, and like, you know, just like be in their culture and learn their language and learn their slang so that when you talk to other people, they're like, whoa, this chick knows what she's talking about, (laughs) you know? That's awesome. Yeah, and then I guess some other favorite places. Um, I love to dive. I just, I also classify myself as a landlocked mermaid. (laughs) 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 So any chance I get to, like, be around water, I'm just, like, I'm such a water baby, too. I just, I love water, so I love the whole Caribbean side of Mexico, too. The food over there is so amazing, and I just like to dive, so I spent a lot of money diving. It's not it's not cheap to breathe underwater. Oh, gosh. I'm just so obsessed with Mexico. Just It just has a little bit of everything. That's cool. I wish, yeah, I want people to not be scared of it, you know, because the people are so nice, and you always have a plate of food in front of your face, even if you just ate. And you, you'll always have a place to stay. I mean, they're just such selfless people. What would you say is your favorite? Like, did you ever have this kind of off topic? But for my husband and I's honeymoon, we went down to Mexico. And of course, it's like the touristy Americanized part and stayed in our parents' timeshare. And 
but even then like that was eating like no other and is there like a favorite type of food or drink that you found in Guadalajara that you liked like that you found yourself constantly eating again and again yeah okay so my favorite drink is called tejuina and it's an ancient Aztec drink that's basically fermented corn and then like a lime sorbet on top and it has some yeah and it's got like salt and then like lime juice in it and they just like kind of like toss it back and forth in this like big old like keg looking thing and then it like with and then like a they have like a big old scoop and they just kind of mix it all and then they give it to you and it's just so good I love it it's the thing about Mexico is there's like every state has their like different type of food but everything's also kind of similar but in in Jalisco which is where Guadalajara is it's the only state that Tejuino is in so it's like now you got to go back to all these different places in Mexico to get all these different types of foods and stuff that you like but there's also um a kind of like traditional stew type dish it's called birria and it can be made with lamb or beef um, I like, I prefer it with beef, but it's pretty tasty too. <laughs> Dang, that's cool. Oh my gosh, I could go on about the food for forever, but <laughs> I had the best flan of my life at a 24-hour, like, random hole-in-the-wall restaurant, um, in Campeche, and it was just, like, this perfect flan, so good, and then in the Caribbean side, there's this, uh, so in Mexico, there's lots of aguas like aguas, so it's like agua de jamaica and horchata, like everyone's heard of those. Um, but this one is called agua de chaya, and chaya mm-hmm. is like a Mayan spinach. A big green leaf, but it's sweet. It doesn't really taste like spinach, you know? And they make it into like um, a juice, and it's just like so refreshing and amazing. Ugh. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I gotta get down there and eat. <laughs> I know, I just want to go back to eat. Obviously, you can't go wrong with just traditional street tacos. They're for real. Oh, yeah. Those are where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. Nothing here really compares. I bet. God. Do you uh, have a a least favorite place? Mm, I just, I guess if we're still talking about Mexico, my least favorite place in Mexico is probably a place called Cholula, which is kind of a suburb of Puebla. And I just, I just didn't care for it because I just had like, kind of a weird experience there (laughs) um yeah I mean you talk about like crazy travel stories and stuff um it was just kind of like I was looking for like this ruin and I was looking at my phone and I was like trying to figure it out where it was on the maps you know and so like party file number one you're looking at your phone right like um kind of making yourself look vulnerable um and then there were, like, these three kids, like, looking at me, and they had, like, hoods up, but I was like, oh, man, this can't be good. You know what I mean? I was like, they're going to, like, try and mess me up here. Yeah, like, like, you get that they, gut feeling. Yeah, and, like, I know I look lost, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm clearly not from there. And so I kind of would walk one way, and they would kind of walk me, like, the same direction, you know? I was just like, man, oh, what do no. I do? God. And so um, some older gentleman came up to me and I was like, oh no, like, is this part of the con? You know what I mean? Like, is this the distraction? And I turned the situation around and pretended like I knew the old guy and we walked around the corner and then I booked it and found the entrance to where I was going to go and didn't have a problem. But just, yeah, so that 
was kind of my least favorite place. Um, That's pretty but, smart, though, that you had, like, the intuition to be like, okay, like, we're going to, you want to play? Let's play. Yeah. <laughs> and you got yourself out of there. That's cool. Yeah. I just, I really feel like, like I said, you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time anywhere right. in the world. Um, and so I really think that if you don't make yourself look like a victim, most of the time you won't become one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do you have a craziest travel story? I mean, I, I just, I know I keep talking about Mexico, but it's just the place <laughs> that I've, I've spent the most time. Right. Um, and so I would say my craziest ones are there, you know, and there there's good ones and there's bad ones, but I guess some good ones would be, I hiked this one volcano, and when I got to the top, we were like, man, it looks like it's going to rain. It started pouring. And so the hike up was, like, kind of long, but the way to get down really quick was to just kind of, like, run down the, like, uh, like the lava chute. I don't even know if that's what you would call it, but it was just, like, the fine black volcanic, like, dust sand, you know? Mm-hmm. And we were just running down that, and it was, like, all over everywhere. Like, there was black just, like, all up in my boots and everything. <laughs> but, like, it was just raining, and you're, like, you see those videos of people, like, snowboarding down, like, sandboarding? Oh, down? yeah, yeah. It kind of felt like that. Like, you know, you're, like, you're, like, running, running downhill in sand, so you're really, like, leaping, like, six feet, because you're just, like, sliding. Right, know? yeah, the momentum behind you. Yeah, and so then it was, like, just pouring rain, and you're soaking oh. wet, and it's, like, man, this would be, like, such a terrible situation for a lot of people, <laughs> but, like, I was... I was feeling it, you know? It was just, like, those moments you just totally take in. And then something with the whale sharks in the Caribbean was pretty amazing, too. Oh, they wow. are. Yeah, they're massive creatures, and it's almost kind of intimidating to get in the water with them because they're so huge and they look like they could just swallow you. I mean, some of them can be 30 feet long. <laughs> Holy but, cow. Yeah. Um, but you get in and you realize that they don't really care that you're there because they eat, like, krill and plankton and stuff. <laughs> Dang. Um, but they're so magical, yeah. I guess some, like, kind of, like, another crazy one was, this was probably the definition of crazy, was I was in Mexico City for the really big earthquake that they had in 2017, Mm. um, and what was crazy about that was the day before, I went on a night tour of the main cathedral there in Mexico City, and uh, the flag was at, like, half-staff, you know? Yeah. And I was like, huh. I was like, what happened today that I didn't know about? You know what I mean? Right. Um, turns out it was for, tomorrow, like, the next day. Um, and it was memorializing and symbolizing the massive earthquake that they had in 1985 that killed... Or, <laughs> I almost exaggerated that. I think it killed, like, 10,000 or more people. Dang. Um, yeah, it was not a pretty earthquake. And so the weird thing about that is that later that day, there was an earthquake at like one fourteen in the afternoon. And at first I was tripping out, you know, I'm taking video. I'm like, man, earthquake happening. This is crazy. I'm like laughing. I think it was like my coping mechanism or something, you know? <laughs> like, we're from Arizona. Like, we don't really deal with that, you know? Yeah, right. So when it was happening, I was like, man, I just, like, survived something, you know? <laughs> That's crazy so that it happened on, like, the anniversary or whatever, like, back in time, the same day. That's nuts. That's, 
yeah, that's what was seriously like trippy about it because you were like, it was just like mind blown, you know. Um, mm. And then we, I was in this castle there, and they had us like walk out onto like the patio, if you want to call it that, just like a big old like the flat area. And I saw like a burning building in the distance, and you started to hear like sirens and stuff. And then like I stopped laughing, you know what I mean? Because it's like you get what's happening now, you know. <laughs> And they kind of, like, herded us around the flagpole, and they were, like, buildings have fallen, you know what I mean? And then oh it just gosh. starts to get, like, sad. Yeah, like, it and gets then, real. Yeah, and then you're like, wait a second, like, there's people, like, stuck in their buildings right now, and I'm sitting here laughing, like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> um, right, like I said, I stopped laughing. <laughs> right. Like, this is for real. Dang. Um, but I was... I mean, luckily, I wasn't alone. I ran into a girl that I knew. Well, a girl that I knew from Instagram. I hadn't actually met her in person, but she lives down in Apache Junction. Oh, crazy. I ran into her in an elevator in Mexico City, of all places. What? A place of of 22 million people, and I ran into her. That is Um, nuts. (laughs) I knew she was going to be traveling around, um, and we just didn't have any plans to, like, meet up. And so I ended up, we hung out the day after we met, and then we were like, we enjoyed each other, so then we hung out the following day, and that's when we went to the castle, and then the earthquake happened. So I was really glad I wasn't alone, because I ended up, like, fleeing the city with her and her aunts. Dang. Um, I just, you know, I didn't know. I was like, is my hostel on the ground? Yeah. My passport's in there. Like, what do I do? You know, and then we, I mean, I was able to, like, send my mom and dad a text message i was like earthquake i'm fine and then power went out for like six hours everything went out yeah and then so that's when it gets real you know you're like all right um and then we were watching the news and i mean it was just terrible and i'm just i'm so obsessed with the country that my heart was like breaking because i was like i just feel like these are my people you know (laughs) yeah and i can't do anything really right like I mean, you want to be the person there, like, digging, you know, people out of the rubble, but obviously you got to leave that for the pros. Right. We ended up, like, buying some supplies and donating them, and, you know, that made me feel like I contributed a little bit, but, you know, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's insane. I know on your uh, social media you've been blasting this crazy, crazy Yukon expedition trip. Yeah, um, I know that a couple weeks ago I actually went out on one of our lakes here and paddled around with you and your partner. That was fun. Um, So I know that now that COVID is kind of not settling down, what is your future plans for that? I know you guys ended up having to cancel it. Have you heard anything on what's going on with that? Yeah, so we postponed our trip. We have been planning it for 16 months. Um, and it's a record attempt expedition to uh, canoe all 2,000 miles of the Yukon River from the source to the Bering Sea. Um, and our original date to leave was May 31st, and we had to delay until June 11th, and then we delayed till June 21st. And then around June 21st, we kind of heard that like Canada had no plans of reopening until maybe July. And mm-hmm. at that point, we just really had to have an honest conversation and postpone the trip because 
even if it did open, I mean, there was still the chance that we'd have to self-quarantine for two weeks. Oh, dang. Um, and we were already a month behind, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, the seasons are so short up way up north there. Like, summer is so short that it just would have been colder and the water flow changes, so water could have been lower, which could have made it difficult to pass through certain areas. Um so yeah, we just it was it was it was a huge bummer. Like I was pretty upset. I still kind of I'm coping with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, it, it got to be pretty big, right? It was on was it Fox News or Yeah, we were on Fox News. Um I had five minutes of airtime, so I guess we only have ten minutes of fame left. <laughs> have postponed until May 24th, uh, 2021. So the expedition was called Yukon 2020, but now we're calling it Yukon 2020. And then we added the word one at the end of it. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So we'll see what, you know, the future brings. I'm as a traveler, I'm actually kind of nervous for the future of travel right now and who it's going to be, you know, available for or what you'll need to provide to be able to travel. Um, I think it's going to be kind of interesting um, to see what that brings. But, yeah, I mean, I really hope we can go. Because um, if we do go and we are successful, um, I'd, I'd be the youngest documented female to canoe all 2,000 miles. And Karts, my partner that I'm going with, um, expedition teammate, he's going to be uh, – he'll be 70 then, so he'll be the oldest documented male. That is awesome. That is so Heck cool. Yeah. So what exactly goes into planning a trip such as that one? There's a lot that goes into it. I mean, it's a huge undertaking. And I lucked out because the trip is more Hartz's deal. And I'm kind of just tagging along because it's too dangerous, excuse me, for him to do alone. So he's done a lot of the big planning. Like he's gotten our insurance plan. I mean, there's like pretty intense insurance going on. I mean, we have body removal insurance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that dangerous. Jeez. Um, I know. Um, and so, you know, he's done a lot of that. Um, he's planned like kind of like the route and like where we're going to stop and where we need to um, resupply at. Um, so that we were going to have three different resupply stops along the way and COVID kind of got in the way of that because we were maybe going to have to increase our supply stops if we could go because the potential was there that we wouldn't be able to stop in any of the little villages. So there's, yeah, that's a lot of planning. Uh, there's a lot of training that went into it as well. We met up at least once a month and we're canoeing together. And if we weren't canoeing, we were going over like plans and stuff like that. Um, I did a lot to, do my best to, like, stay in shape and, like, mentally prepare. you got to get a lot of gear together. We, we were trying to get sponsorships together. So it's it's a huge undertaking. That's <laughs> crazy. It almost feels like a sort of a blessing that it's postponed because as mentally ready as I was, I don't think I possessed all of the skills, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like, for, for the trip. So, like, now I kind of have, like, time to, like, refine my fishing skills. But... I was so mentally ready to just go that I think I would have been able to, like, figure it all out, you know? Right. Like, adventure is, like, unknown. You know, it's kind of like Pocahontas. Like, what's around the river bend? Like, I don't really want to know, you know? Right. Like, where's the adventure if 
on an adventure. I mean, the world we're in right now, this unknown isn't going to be fun. But uh, <laughs> uh, on adventure, it's like, that's part of the adventure to me, you know? Right, absolutely. Are you looking forward to anything in particular? Or is there anything you're afraid of when it comes to thinking about the Yukon trip? I am really looking forward, and it was what I was most looking forward to the last few months. I was so looking forward to getting out there and just, like, completely disconnecting and, you know, just being on the river and not having to think about the world, really. Um, That would have been, like, so amazing (laughs) right now. Yeah. Um, I know, just, like, no social media, no negative anything, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just me in the river. Um, And I was looking forward to, like, experiencing the different cultures that are on the river, because when I travel, I just really like to, it's really important to me to, like, be in the culture. Um, And so there's a lot of uh, Native Americans up there in Alaska, like, Native tribes, and then in Canada, um, they call them First Nations, um, because they were the people there first. So there's a lot of those, like, types of cultures up there. And, you know, it's just, I'd be interested to see how similar and different they are from, like, our native tribes down here, you know? Right. Um, and then, so that would be cool. And then I was supposed to be, like, right above the Arctic Circle for my birthday this year. Uh. <laughs> I know. So, like, that would be cool to experience. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a sign that says you're above the Arctic Circle, but just to, like, know that you were there is kind of cool. Right. Um, I was also looking forward to celebrating my birthday in a cool little town, it seems really cool, called Dawson City, and there's no paved roads there from what I've seen in pictures, and the buildings are all, like, kind of western-looking, like wood, you know what I mean, And then, but they're, like, painted super bright colors, so I was looking forward to, like, that cute little place and having a sour toe cocktail, which is... <laughs> I know. It's exactly what it sounds like. So there's a mummified human toe in a cocktail. What? Yeah. (laughs) And um, there's the saying is, you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but your lips have to touch the gnarly toe. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like a historical thing that they do up there. Because I can't really remember how it started. I'm sure it had something to do with like gold rush and someone losing a toe you know that's crazy (laughs) yeah i just thought it'd be like a funny thing to do um i read it wrong initially and i thought it said if you swallow the toe you get two thousand dollars oh my gosh i guess you get fined two thousand dollars if you swallow (laughs) so my plan was like i'm gonna swallow like three or four and pay for my trip but i read it wrong (laughs) holy crap afraid of on the river would be like bears for sure mm-hmm. um, and maybe bears are the least thing I need to be worried about when there's tons of huge animals out there that I'm just not accustomed to being from Arizona you know right um, we have bears but we don't have 800 pound plus grizzly bears that want to you know Jeez, yeah <laughs> yeah um, and I just after seeing some movies I just feel like man that bear is gonna want to play with me you know what I mean it's not just gonna like <laughs> challenge for me yeah 
And just after like my time in Mexico, I really figured out that mosquitoes love me way more than I love them. Uh, uh, and so they bite the crap out of me. Uh, so I think that would be another kind of challenging aspect to the trip too. Um, we have a bunch of mosquito nets. I have a head net. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was taking a lot of vitamin B, you know what I mean? So I've heard <laughs> that they don't like vitamin B. How <laughs> oh, weird. Um, yeah. And I also think that like setting up and tearing down camp twice a day is actually going to be kind of challenging because considering how much I travel, I really don't care to live out of a bag. I find it really stressful. <laughs> right. Um, to constantly be like packing up and unpacking and all that. I mean, I've kind of found like a rhythm in it over time, but as a whole, it's just kind of like it can be. It's a lot, you know. That's yeah. All you have. Yeah, and like, it's it's crazy how social media has kind of glorified hard things. How you know people travel all over the world and they post pictures and tag where they're at and it gets a million likes, but it's like we don't know what went in their trip and you know the the backstory of where they're staying and if they have to do the same thing and it's I could see how a lot of that would be a mental struggle and how do you find inspiration for just like staying on top of your game like mentally physically yeah I'm I'm just like a constant daydreamer and I like dream about these things so much and I'm just constantly thinking about it that I have no choice but to, like, make it come true. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, I guess I just do a lot of, like, visualizing, and I just think about it to death until it becomes, like, what I'm actually doing. And so, you know, when you're thinking about it, you're kind of, like, subconsciously planning what you want to do, and then you just got to go do it, you know? Right. Uh, And then I just, I spend a lot of time outside and nature and stuff, so kind of keeps things fresh. (laughs) And... I think it's also important to, like, spend time with like-minded people that support what you're doing or have done what you're doing or want to do what you're doing, you know, because there's always going to be those naysayers, so it's like, eh, right. you don't get it, you don't get it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> then, you know, it's just the people that want to do it but don't know how, and so they take it out on you. It's like, no, like, lean into me, you know, like, ask me for advice, and that to me is huge like sharing how you got to where you were and how you do what you do because it only makes everyone else want to do it more and do it with you even you know seriously (laughs) what advice would you give to someone like let's just say someone has a normal day job but they just feel it in their heart it's like their time to get out and travel like what advice would you give to someone that wants to kind of just go against the grain like you did I mean, you really just have to bite the bullet and do it. I mean, everyone will reach their breaking point. I mean, I told you at the beginning that I wanted to travel because I wanted to, you know, better speak Spanish. Um, And I, you know, already was going to Mexico with my mom, so I wanted to stay. But prior to that, too, I was just, like, burnt out on everything. I was working a full-time job, going to yoga two or three times a week, seeing my grandma two or three times a week. You know, you're just doing everything for everyone else. Mm -hmm. But, like, you're not really doing much to, like, feed yourself. Um, Yoga was for me, but, you know, that was the one thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I just, like, reached a point where I was just like, I'm just done, you know? And so 
my advice is kind of like people will know when they reach that point or maybe it doesn't need to get that far. You know, you just, you just feel it and then you just go. Um, but you know, it's never, it's never a really easy path to go down and people always wish that they can get out there. Like you were saying, get out there and like do what I do. Um, but I don't think people realize that they can, you know, like it's definitely not easy. But once you make the decision, like, your mind's made up, but you're unstoppable at that point. Right. Um, you know, it's just, for me, it's just, like, a primal instinct that it's like, okay, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. So maybe it's just in my DNA, but I think, I mean, I know there's other people out there that want to travel, too. So, I mean, you just work, and you save up, and then you reach that point, and you just say, peace, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, well, and having done it so often before it's like well I've done it before like it just starts to become like that adrenaline you get every time like I gotta go here next and I gotta you know like it, it you just it becomes a part of you and it does get easier like once you've done it you know the ropes you know right so it's just kind of like breaking the seal <laughs> <laughs> just gotta get that, that first time out of the way <laughs> that is that true sounded, that sounded weird so you know what I mean (laughs) where can everyone find you and follow along on all your adventures um well I'm most active on the Instagram so my Instagram is at Lolo Sherhood uh my (laughs) last name is Sherwood but (laughs) and people always like type it out as Sherwood like in magazines it's always Sherwood and I'm like yes that's my last name but that's not my handle so Lolo Sherhood um uh, funny story. I actually got that nickname at band camp. Yes, I went to band camp. <laughs> um, how'd, you get, I, how'd you get the nickname? <laughs> my, my friend Ivan Martinez just gave it to me, and I was like, well, all right, I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I, back then, I didn't even know Lolo was a nickname for Lauren, but um, I think it's pretty fitting. I like it. It's so funny. Some, um, sometimes people read it wrong and they think it's like Lolo's Herhood or my friend's stepdad thought it was like Lolo Loserhood one day and I was like, yep, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, so most active on Instagram, constantly posting stories um, and pictures and, you know, always trying to get out there and do something. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can add me as a friend or you can like my page. It's just Lauren Sherwood. Um, and then my website for all things Yukon related, um, is Yukon2020.com. I don't have any plans on immediately changing that, um, to go along with the new name that we've changed just because a lot of people already know Yukon 2020. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where you can find a lot of my information. I would like to, uh, eventually start my own blog and with all this time I have now, I just might. (laughs) There you go. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show and letting us in on the adventurous lifestyle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And if anyone that's listening ever has any questions about wanting to travel, but you don't know how, like literally just reach out to me and I'd be, I'm more than happy to talk about traveling and answer any questions. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see where you travel to next and how the Yukon expedition plays out in the midst of all this craziness. It's keeping me on my toes, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Makers Forum podcast. If you're feeling inspired and want to support the show, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and find us on Instagram at the Makers Forum podcast so you never miss an episode. New episodes are dropping every week on Mondays, so stay tuned. Have a great week, and I will see you with the next one. Thank you.